0: Welcome to the Oklahoma Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You are about to learn hyper-local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma real estate market. This is your fresh port on housing conditions that will enable you to make smarter investment decisions and gain insight on local trends. Plan your next move in real estate with this fast vital market news to aid your next real estate adventure. Landon is a genuine self-made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. He's top rated by sites like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, and Homes.com. He's actually been there and done it. He's a successful investor, property manager, and residential broker who's worked with clients from all over the globe to help achieve their real estate goals. Whether you live right here in the city or across the country, welcome to the Oklahoma Real Estate Show. Here is your host, Landon Witt.
1: Market News. I am the executive director of the Oklahoma City Housing Authority, and the Housing Authority also has a nonprofit called the Community Enhancement Corporation, and I'm the CEO of that organization. Uh, we are the uh, entity in Oklahoma City that is responsible for v- providing public housing and Section 8 housing only in the city limits of Oklahoma City. Uh, We are are confined by law to to the city limits and so in Oklahoma City we have 4,300 Section 8 vouchers that are possible and we'll talk more about how those numbers really work. And then we have right at 2,900 public housing units in Oklahoma City as well. So we say we serve 15,000 citizens of Oklahoma City each and every day. Rents have gone through the roof in the last decade. We know that we are rising at a faster percentage than some of the major markets in the nation. Seattle, San Francisco, Oakland, on the East Coast, you know, Indianapolis, New York City. Hmm. We know that we are rising at a faster rate for a rent than those cities are. And we think those are the most outlandish places to rent, you know, the stereotype of renting in, in the United States. So our rent has just gone through the rough. Mm-hmm. So if you would have had this interview six years ago, seven years ago, oh, we were at a 100% of voucher utilization. We were only at about $500 uh, because we could uh, uh, rent. Uh, a quality home for five hundred dollars, but the changing market conditions in Oklahoma City that have driven rent twelve hundred dollars is is an easy one bedroom rent now in Oklahoma City. Uh, we just can't pay that hmm. with Section Eight, hmm.
2: and that's and that's uh, a problem which has no apparent answer right now. I mean, we're we're looking at uh, rent control is one option that people have brought right? up. Um, I'm not sure if that's worked really well in Seattle. I think there's some some other side effects to doing sure. stuff like that that exists when you try to control the market. What are some things you guys are discussing to help alleviate that problem? I mean, we all want just higher wages. Can we start with that? Or
1: so, so no. I mean, that's not the answer. Um, paying people more money is is not the answer because the economy can't. Uh, can't change that dramatically of rent uh, for, you know, 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what do you do? So in Oklahoma City recently, the city has just said uh, that we want to address a homelessness itch situation by offering $50 million over the next eight years for MAPS. Uh, and that proposal passed, and the Housing Authority is one of the major partners in that uh, section of maps. Mm-hmm. And so so what, how does that help? Well, that will allow us to build at least another thousand units of affordable housing in Oklahoma City. We do divide that out between uh, supportive housing with case management, mm-hmm. and then workforce housing, which is which is that housing at that level right above the affordability, mm. but typically right below the true market uh, uh, housing in, in the city. Uh, so somewhere between that $500 and that $1,000 rental market, so you can't just Say to to investor, go build that level of housing. You mm-hmm. can't say to investor, go build uh, uh, 500 more units of supportive housing and 500 more units of workforce housing. You've got to have financial assistance to construct that. Mm-hmm. And so so the MAFS proposal uh, had the 50 million dollars that will build those thousand new units and. And we can leverage that with, with tax credits and other, uh, funding sources to help us get to, uh, an amount of money, uh, somewhere around $400 million leveraged over eight years, that will allow us to build uh, additional housing uh, that doesn't have that construction loan thrown on top of it. So we, as the landlords, uh, can maintain that rent at that 500 to $600 level mm. so that we can Add affordable housing to this market uh, and uh, have some of it specialized, uh, but then open up the other housing that that formerly housed the the folks that need case management uh, to to provide additional housing in Oklahoma City. So that's how we can begin to address this model, is to construct housing that is uh, The construction is paid for. So I think what I'm hearing you say is over the next
2: 10 years, you're looking to partner with investors and and contractors, general contractors that want to build and develop affordable housing. And you guys will work hand in hand with them to help make that building process incentivized for them to actually build cheaper and then also be able to keep the rent down at the end. When we build a property, right, we're trying to maximize the amount of rent we can get out of it, right? That's the goal, right? How much, how high can we rent this for? Um, What you're talking about is to do the opposite, is, is to build a property and think, how cheap can we rent this for and still stay profitable? Those two things seem to be at odds with one another, and I think that's the power of where government comes in and says, we're going to incentivize investors so what does that look like i mean let's let's get for for those that may be going this is me i'm ready i've been looking for a multi-unit construction project in a town
1: that needs me what does that look like for that person how do they get involved in that so so we are Building new uh, stuff now, renovating stuff now, uh, using uh, developers uh, that uh, are interested in affordable housing. Uh, you know, both local and, and nationwide developers. Uh, I think you have to have a passion for affordable housing. You have to do things like think outside the box and and print a 3D home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and don 't want one of your listeners to think that we 're saying we 're going to cut costs because we 're not I mean you know marble countertops uh, uh, um, high quality wood flooring uh, it's not it 's not uh, you know a slum lord kind of a, of a house it's a it 's a house that uh, we want all people to feel like like they would be proud to live in it. Um, our goal is, is not to build an apartment community that that uh, you can drive by and say, oh, that's affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to build apartment communities that you drive by and you say, wow, that would be a great place to live. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's our, our new goal. Um, the stereotype of public housing in, in America is, you know, Cabrini Green in, in Chicago, right. uh, tall, you know, just a set of windows and concrete bunkers uh, that, that don't don't look great. Well, mm-hmm. we don't want that model. We we want we want to uh, to transition our housing to a model that looks like a, a traditional market rate uh, a unit, and and we believe that we can can get there. Um, uh, 36th and, and Lottie uh, to Kelly on the south side of the street is a is a project called Sooner Haven. Uh, Sooner Haven was built back in the early 70s. Uh, for a long time, looked like a a uh, traditional public housing stereotype, uh, and so we're totally renovating that program, mm-hmm. uh, taking the property from public housing and moving it to Section Eight through a program called the Rental Assistance Demonstration Program that uh, HUD created to transition properties to a Section 8 model so that uh, um, we could borrow money uh, because the public housing authority cannot borrow money against its public housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to transition it to a, a private model. And I told you we have a, uh, a nonprofit corporation called the Community Enhancement Corporation. We transitioned it to that mm-hmm. so that we can begin that process. Uh, of leveraging the assets you have. Le, yeah, leveraging the assets. Okay. Uh, okay. That's what it's all about, right? Uh, and, and the banks
2: are probably happy to do that. I mean, the
1: banks are yeah, really sure. happy to do that. I mean, oh, you have sure. a you have a uh, organization that's been around since '65, mm-hmm. uh, and and very capable of managing and and uh, directing a a contractual program and 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 a and a rental program. And so yeah, mm-hmm. uh, so. Uh, we've also uh, just built on on the north side of town, at 122nd and Western, an affordable assisted living facility called the John H. Johnson Care Suites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that Care Suites it will be uh, a truly affordable assisted living program, where an, where an individual can uh, have a Section 8 voucher to pay their rent, and then have Medicaid and Medicare to pay for their their uh, uh, medical needs, their assisted living needs, Mm -hmm. and then use their supplemental Social Security income to pay for their meals. And so basically an individual can get full assisted living care at the John H. Johnson Care Suites Mm. uh, for no out-of-pocket cost on their own. Wow. So just a tremendous way to begin to Mm -hmm. think outside the box in a way to to utilize your housing authority, to utilize... uh, um, tax credits and to utilizing uh, the the debt refinancing to build affordable properties in Oklahoma City that mirror market rate properties just as nice, just Mm. as great uh, and uh, make that opportunity available to folk. Mm. So I think what we're trying to do Mm -hmm. is to change our model to be a model that is a part of the community instead of a model that stands away from the community. Now, once someone's
2: living in a home that's very similar to what you say, the community or the market, uh-huh. um, is the idea then that it's very easy for them to transition out of the program? I mean, is that the push is to get people out of the program? We don't want sure. people on uh, you know, uh,
1: social care for, for the long haul. I mean, that's not the point, right? So that is not the point, but that typically is what is more common. Uh, The rent is based entirely on your income. It's 30% of your adjusted income. So I always tell folk, uh, a couple years ago, uh, the the 1040 form that we all fill out, uh, the bottom of the first page is basically your adjusted income. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not perfect, but it's close. And so you would take 30% of that and that's the amount of money that you should expect to pay for rent. Uh, I think a lot of us uh, in Oklahoma City pay a lot more than that uh, for rent, Uh, but that's the the model that that we try to look for. Uh, And so, uh, 30% of your adjusted rent. Well, if you get a better job or you get a raise, you know that your adjusted rent goes up. So, you're going to pay a larger portion of your rent. So every time you get a job, um, you're required to tell the public housing authority that that your income has changed. Uh, at least once a year, we go back and look at everyone's income to ensure that we are charging the appropriate amount of rent—that 30 percent—and so if you're if you're re- Income keeps going up. You keep getting promoted at your job. Uh, maybe you find it a, a second job that you want to have. Uh, then your rent goes up. So that is designed to uh, to to statistically move you towards paying market rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so maybe you started paying a hundred dollars a month. Uh, uh, the next year you're paying $200, 300 then four hundred, then five hundred, and finally you're at that that level where uh, you're paying uh, for a hundred percent of your voucher cost. I told you it's about five hundred fifty bucks, uh, and so when you hit that level, then then yeah, you're paying more than your voucher is really worth to you to to uh to rent from that particular landlord. So that's the way you transition out. It works in public housing the same way. Um, that's, a, that's a big income jump still in Oklahoma City. Sure. Uh, and so uh so it takes a while for that process to, to move along. Some of us lose our jobs. Some of us uh, maybe uh, um, have a change in family situation that we need to be at home again. And so it's a much more difficult process than, than the uh, uh, stereotype of, you know, well, you'll get a better job and you'll move, move out in a couple of years. It mm-hmm. just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but that is certainly the goal mm-hmm. to help individuals learn how to pay more for their rent, uh, to help them become more self-sufficient efficient, so they're not relying on government assistance.
2: Well, I think the only—there's probably a couple of ways, but the only way I can really think about a program like that really working in a free market is, you know, the incentive is not like, oh, great, I get to pay more, and the government's going to pay less, right? Yeah. But if we think of it in terms of I get to allow more people to use this program instead of me using this program— uh, I think that's really the ticket there is, is, is really uh, instilling a, uh, a desire in the program to help other people, right? If I can get off my voucher, that means this single family or this single mother here that's struggling on the street in a terrible housing can get an opportunity to then get a voucher that, that wouldn't before.
1: And, and that's, that's, the, that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in Oklahoma City, there are so many folk that need affordable housing, that uh, that will always use, or for the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. will always use 100% of that voucher cost.
2: So you think that in the next 10 years, we'll see an increase in Section 8 vouchers and, and a decrease in actual physical public
1: housing? So what we talked about, it takes a special individual, it takes a special company that wants to invest in affordable housing. Uh, it's not your traditional uh, market rate uh, apartment or home builder. Uh, um, there's not a lot of incentive uh, for the individual to do that. It takes incentives from the government uh, or private sources to build that affordable house. Mm-hmm. Um, in Oklahoma City right now, um, there's just not a lot of folk uh, wanting to build that affordable housing because that rent variable is so large. Right. Um, yeah. And so it takes an organization like the Housing Authorities Development Organization mm-hmm. to, to build that, or it takes partnerships with, with nationwide affordable housing builders that want to come to Oklahoma City and build an affordable housing a model.
2: When um, you're you're talking about when we say affordable housing sounds to me like we're saying five hundred dollars for a one bedroom unit. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And what about a two bedroom unit?
1: So so I mean, you know, if you're at if you're at uh you know, $800 for, for maybe a, a, a market rate unit, you know, and then you're at $500. So it's that same, same kind of a scenario. You know, you're, Mm -hmm. you're less, you're not at half, uh, but, but maybe you're at 60 ish, 70 ish percent, uh, of the, of the value for, you know, the affordable unit versus the market rate unit. Mm -hmm. So, so it goes up proportionally like that. Um, it's. Uh, I mean, it's.
2: You mentioned that the original vouchers at the beginning were based off of a formula that uh-huh. HUD had put together, right. um, and and I can only imagine that that's based off of the median income for the region. It is. Right? So, our median income is what, 52000 I think, for a family in right. Oklahoma City. So, typically, when we advise investors to purchase, we say don't really get above three times the median income for your purchase, ac- you know, your acquisition price, which puts us at a cap at about 150000 right. Now, any builders that are listening to this are going, there's no way I can build a home for $150,000. Uh, so, that's really where we've run into an issue, and that just leaves us with Builders can't build affordable housing anymore, and so now that puts pressure on existing dwellings, right? And then existing dwellings aren't being built anymore, and there's higher demand, so supply and demand makes those go up. So now we're in an issue. So what we're asking, I think, is for someone to come up with a way to build a house that's $150,000 or less— and usually we get away with that with multifamily housing, right? We've got one sure. roof, right? Sure, sure. One plumbing system, sure. one electrician that goes there, and sure. and it's all on one property, but it's got multiple families living in that. Right. So that's that's where it makes sense. And then we can go up in height and all this stuff. Um, but there's a lot of issues with density. Then you know we've got a bunch of people living in one area. Right. So it sounds like what you're saying is, is as of right now, if no technology changes, if we have no changes in, in current infrastructure. Um, we're going to be reaching out in the next 5 to 10 years for a group to come in and build public housing in Oklahoma City to help increase from 3100 units to potentially 5000, 5,000 units wow okay that's a that's that's a huge increase for you guys and then you're going to do that through leveraging the
1: existing sure. uh, infrastructure you have right and so So let's not use the word public housing. Let's use the word affordable housing. Uh,
2: um, Meaning that public housing would be government built.
1: uh Affordable housing would be community built. We'll we'll have no more public housing built in Oklahoma City. I say that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Probably pretty sure, 90% sure, none of it will be public housing Mm -hmm. uh, in the end, in a decade. All
2: 3,100 now are are classified as public housing. They're going to leverage the public housing into community housing or affordable housing built by organizations. Right.
1: Gotcha. And so so some of those structures will stay the same and they'll just change and some of those structures uh, will uh, be built new. Uh, um, And so... So how do you do that? I mean, how how do you how do you incentivize and and so the voters in Oklahoma City have given given our community our city an amazing opportunity mm-hmm. to increase the number of affordable units in our community in our city and and mm-hmm. and said yes to a vote that said fifty million dollars uh, to address homelessness. Homelessness means giving a house. Um, it, you know, it's hard to to. To address homelessness if you don't give a house mm-hmm. and so and so that's uh, uh, the capital way to to increase the number of units uh, through leveraging that 50 million dollars mm-hmm. uh, uh, through real estate through through tax credits through bonds uh, other methods mm-hmm. in order to to fully uh, change what affordable housing looks like in, in Oklahoma City. Uh, and then all of those together the affordable housing, the market rate housing that will provide this city, this community, with a, a new level of housing that I think we can all be proud of. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: it's definitely. Uh... <laughs> We've got quite the, the problem that we're trying sure. to solve here. Uh, and it's a multifaceted problem. I think it's it's an economic problem as much as it is a social problem, right? right? I think uh, when we hear of this uni- universal basis, base income, you know, uh, Andrew Yang and some of the other political candidates pushing for it, Elon Musk. Right. Uh, the CEO of Tesla pushing for a universal basic income, Facebook pushing for a universal basic income, right. something to the tune of a thousand dollars a month to every citizen in the United States. Those are questions and then and they come in and they say the point of it is, is, oh well, if you had a thousand dollars a month, right, you could try new things. Because right sure. now, I don't have time to try another thing, because I've got to work, I've got to provide for a family, but if I had this income, I could then try new ideas and we could come out with new technology. Well the question is, is wasn't that the role of the American family in the past, right? you if you've genuinely had an idea. For example, if my you know, I have a five year old, but when he gets to an age and he says, Dad, you know, I'd really like to try this new idea. I really think it's gonna work, it could really change this, but I you know, it's not gonna pay much. I may need some help. Of course, son. Come sure. come live with mom and dad for a little bit. Sure. We'd love to have you here. You know, those are the kind of things that I think the America of the past was built on, right? We were we were more of a, a family-oriented society. And now that we've moved into the millennial generation of being, you know, every man for himself, and we all have our own big-screen TVs, we have our own, you know, little pods, and we all live separately, I think that's what's really brought in this new question of how do we afford everyone being on their own, no one leaning on each other, no community-based. Um, even when I was growing up, just even in the 80s and 90s, 90s, the church played a huge sure. role in homeless outreach. I sure. mean, it was it was not uncommon to have almost every church you went right. into having a homeless breakfast or a right. homeless meal or right. blankets given, right. you know, or drives. And now you don't see that that often. Right. So um, I think that uh, there, there's many answers to this, uh, but I, I would say technology has got to increase. Oh, sure. There the, We're still building the same way we were building 100 right. years ago. Right. Very little changes. Uh, yeah, sure, we've got some insulation and some things changed, but wood and nails. Come on, we're still there. Yeah. you know. So uh, I'm curious to see these companies like Icon 3D. Uh, Larry Haynes, Sun Economy, uh, he's got a, a machine that's patented now. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what that plays into the affordable index. Um, also the zoning, okay, city planning coming up with these new ideas. Right. And I think that's where you're going to see some incentivization is when the, the legislators come in and they say, you know what? This zoning law is not going to apply to everyone. You've got to demonstrate that this is for the good of the people, right. and having some politicians with some backbones, yeah. right? Because the temptation is, is oh well, we can change zoning and density, and we've got you know, you know, investors that are that are venture capitalists coming back yeah. behind and going, you know, let's let's fund these you know high density structures, and then they're supposed to be affordable housing. We've seen that play out sure. in Seattle and all these different sure. cities and then they're not affordable housing, they just add to the problem. So, um, well, thanks for- I think
1: think the city has done an amazing job (laughs) at trying to begin to understand uh, affordable housing. What we want to uh, to do in Oklahoma City right now—they're going through a major study uh, to talk about affordable housing and what does that really look like? Mm. Uh, having consultants come in and help uh, strategize through that—it's um, it's a tremendous opportunity and a, a tremendous change in mm. in our community to to begin to look at at the social issues of housing and care for those folks that need supportive housing yeah. and working together to begin to address those. I'm I'm really encouraged by that. Um, uh, sure that might mean more density issues are important. Sure. Uh, but but really the, the the issue is is providing affordable housing to our citizens and providing them the care they need to live in that affordable housing and maybe even become self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the role of the housing authority mm-hmm. and, and I hope a role that now with MAPS, uh, we can totally transition uh, our strategic model and, and be a viable entity for the next five decades like we've been already. Mm-hmm. That's great stuff. Well, we're almost out of time
2: here, but I wanna end with a very important question. We've talked about this you know, enormous raise in, in rents and, and at rates faster than Seattle. I mean, some right. of these markets that are on the news is saying, sure, oh, look at this, you know, and we're actually surpassing those. You know, I mean, economists, you know, you use math, right? It's only, you can't just exponentially grow, right? So at some point, it will find its median, right? And it will not be able to grow beyond. What do you think is causing it to grow so fast? And and when do you, I mean, do you think it's kind of teetering here? I mean,
1: have we seen some kind of uh, tapering off going on? So... So why is it uh, growing so high? Mm-hmm. I think Oklahoma City is a great place to live. Mm-hmm. And I, I think nationwide they've finally uh, begun to reach that market that, that it's, a, it's a nice place to live. Great climate, uh, good schools, good jobs, good churches, good fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's what people want. Um, that's the kind of lifestyle we want. And that means we need more housing. And so we had to build housing pretty quick. Uh, and so uh, the rents went up. Mm. And, and will the rents stop? Well, I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As long, long as our city uh, understands that all levels of income de- deserve a place to live. Um, And I feel like with MAPS and and the city council and the mayor's office, the city manager's office, the planning department, I feel like all of us are now working together to ensure that we develop those models where, where all folk can live in an appropriate, nice, affordable home to themselves. Mark, this has been a great talk. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. For more information and to listen or watch online, visit okcrealestateshow.com.